everybody, and welcome to a new episode of StartupRad.io, your podcast show with startup news and interviews from Germany. Hi folks and hello everybody, this is StartupRad.io bringing you the news from Germany, Europe and the world at least the startup world, here for November and Christmas. This recording was done on Friday, 18th of December 2015. It's a Friday. It's very early morning in New York, right, Chris? Yeah, well, 8.30. Good morning from New York. <laughs> and late afternoon here in Frankfurt, right, Elda? Yeah, right. Hello from Frankfurt. So, and this is Jörn, your host, and I'll take you with us on a little journey here through the Christmas news. By the way, I'm also in Frankfurt. And today we talk about the tech bubble, energy startups, travel, maps, rocket internet, and my personal experience with trying IKEA online. Elda, what have you found for us? Uh, the startup is called Cloud Rail. Uh, the guys are from Mannheim and their idea, they would like to build an API for everything. And Mannheim uh, has a big tradition of invention. Uh, there's a lot of technical startups uh, from there and very strong communities, technical communities. And uh, not too far away from the city, there's a garage where uh, Clark Benz invented uh, the automobile. By the way, this uh, garage of Carl Benz, where he invented the modern automobile, it's it's not as popular and frequently visited as uh, you would see a lot of startup places in the U.S. where great things have been done, like Kitty Hawk or something. So it's it's still a little garish, but it's barely visited. It's, by the way, close to Mannheim in Ladenburg. Any of you guys ever been there? No, I never heard about it. I was in Stuttgart, and I thought that's the right uh, place where the automobile was invented. And that, that, that's where they are now, right? Go Euro. <laughs> A large investment was made by Goldman Sachs, Atomico, Yuri Milner, he's by the way the founder of uh, Digital Sky Technologies, Tom Stafford, DST Investments Hong Kong, Sebastian, oh, I'm so sorry, Simiotkowski, <laughs> I'm so sorry, if you know the right pronunciation of this name, just holler at me, Ika Panenen from Supercell, totaling 45 million US dollars in Go Euro. Go Euro is a search engine which provides you the search for the fastest way. So it kind of, you tell it, I want to go from Frankfurt to Munich and it tells you, okay, by train, it would, you could take this train and it would take that long. By flight, you could take this flight and it would take that long. By bus, you can take and stuff like that. So a very, very interesting idea. Yeah, is it? I'm, I always try out these things and then after a while I get bored because I have the feeling it doesn't really fulfill my needs in a way. I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm always hesitant with this. But then, yeah, probably sometimes once it has some maturity, then it's, it's going to get better. Actually, in our German channel, I have been conducting an interview with the Go Euro guys with the, one of the members of the board. What he has told me at this time, so it's like one, one and a half years in the past, that they now could only optimize from city center to city center. So it was more like going from A to B, city center, city center, and you can do some optimization. But I do believe they're continuously getting better. Yeah, I have the same opinion. Like uh, Chris and I used several such services before, but none of them was ideal. 
but uh, so I'm quite skeptical. But anyway, I'm always uh, trying when something new comes. And I think um, right now there is a lot of, because all this stuff there about the data, about the APIs, and now we are becoming more data, we are becoming more open data, and I think uh, in the nearest future, these kind of uh, startup ideas will develop, and I think they will be on a very good level. Now for some more fundamental uses of tech <laughs> uh, in the energy sector. Um, we got news about Unicos, which is a, a startup um, working on energy storage software. They collected around $50 million. <clears throat> and um, Unicos is quite an interesting case because actually they are not really a startup anymore. They've been around for 10 years now or so. They have very strong partners with uh, Samsung and um, Gildemeister, for example, and um, they don't produce their own batteries, but they uh, make the or they program, they develop the software to control the batteries because what it is, usually you have the problem that if you have solar um, and you want to make your solar energy um, part of the grid and make it usable for everyone, then you have problems and that's where Unicos comes in because it's the company that actually programs the, uh, the software for that. And um, they have um, more than two dozen specific use cases, which means they have um, use cases from ranging from the local solar smoothing and like the peak shaving to system-wide frequency regulation or um, black start support, where I have to admit I don't even know what that really means technically. But um, yeah, so um, the companies and um, investors see a huge potential in that too. Mm -hmm. What is really interesting, renewable energies have been in Germany around for quite some time since 2000, since the early 2000s when Germany decided, okay, we want to go for renewable energies. But if you look in international news and international papers, the only thing you see that people talk about is like wind energy in Texas or something. Yeah. And I mean, it's a very different uh, discussion here anyway, because, um, There is always, here in the U.S., it's always about in, uh, energy independency. And um, so fracking is a huge topic because um, fracking allows uh, the U.S. to be less dependent on the Middle East and on Russia. But what's also curious is that here, um, nuclear power is considered a green energy because it's like renewable. And so it's, it's a very different view here than it is in Germany. Love them or hate them, of course, no startup news, at least for now, without rocket internet. Bloomberg reports rocket to be under pressure to cut losses um, and push for startup IPOs. One of the candidates to IPO should be the second to be listed after Zalando was HelloFresh. It's like the rocket internet clone of Blue Apron. Um, the, the plans, unfortunately, were scrapped shortly after they've been published. Nonetheless, it appears that Rocket Internet holds on to HelloFresh with very high regards, reports the blog Deutsche Startups.de. In the article, Rocket is reporting to have said HelloFresh will be much larger than most people expect. Any of you guys tried it out yet? Um, Chris, yeah, I do believe I we, we already talked about... We talked a bit about those things because uh, there are a couple of alternatives around here, especially in the US market, and I'm always a bit he hesitant um, because I'm thinking like, well, okay, it's fresh produce and I can't really see like which problem this is solving for me. Um, 
And uh, in terms of HelloFresh, I was quite surprised when I checked their pricing structure. And I do think that the German market in uh, the German food market or the German market in fresh produce is so intensely price sensitive that they will have a very hard time to actually um, convince people to buy their stuff. I would say. I think because a, a dish is around like five to six to seven euros there, and I guess for a lot of Germans, this is like a prohibitive price. And what I understand, the only very successful food startup has been a subscription box version called Foodist, where they only put in stuff you usually would not find around, something like um, potato chips with special herbs, uh, organic whiskey and stuff like this. So it's it's like delicacies. They now have it uh, vegetarian. They have it with alcohol, without alcohol and all this stuff. And basically what they did, they appeared in the German version of Shark Tank uh, cool. called Lion's Dent, Die Höhle der Löwen. And Actually, they got an offer. They did not take it because after it was aired, their subscription went through the roof. That was really good, and they've been successful so far. I looked into um, the uh, accelerator industry, you could call it now these days, I would guess, um, because there is a new accelerator in town in Germany, and it's called the Space Lab, and it's being run by the German electronics retail chain Mediamarkt Saturn, um, they launched their program for the first batch in November, they say. I couldn't find anything on their website yet, yet about the um, companies they took on. Um, they uh, pay th 30,000 euros for 5%, so it aims, which means it aims at companies and startups with a valuation of around 600,000 euros. Um, and they say they want to find companies um, along the, uh, their own value chain, which means like from logistics, where they buy the stuff for Media Markt Saturn to improve these processes, up to new gadgets that could be sold in their own retail one day. Um, and um, one of their specialities, I guess, is that they are being run in Munich and not in Berlin. When you've been talking about it, I thought, well, that sounds actually like an incubator Amazon would set up. Yeah, I guess nowadays everyone wants to hop on the train in terms of trying starting an incubator and it's a bit probably it's even for the big companies something like a um, external research and development um, branch with um, very low risk so I don't know I have the same opinion it's a new way of doing the uh, R&D and uh, before I thought it was something new but right now I think uh, there's no uh, thing to be impressed about it's uh, mainstream and uh, also on that note, um, a little uh, short news is that the, uh, because I'm a journalist, so I'm always looking on innovation in media, um, the next media accelerator in Hamburg is, running, is looking now for their second cohort. I think applications are open until mid-January. So if you have an idea in uh, media slash tech related to media, then you can apply there. Um, I think they give 50,000 for 10%, 25,000 for 5%, or 
you have to give 3% for the possibility to just participate and to make use of the network they are having because they are very strongly related, for example, to the German um, newswire, uh, the German press agency DPA, Deutsche Presseagentur, which means that if you have a good idea in media with this incubator, you can basically uh, get in front of the eyes of all the, I don't know, 100 German daily newspapers and the publishers behind them. And yeah, I'm uh, the party pooper again here in our group because um, we found another interview with an expert um, about uh, the startup world and working on, um, with the startup world. It's um, a professor from a university in Lausanne, Switzerland, and... Um, and um, he's saying that there's definitely a tech bubble and that this bubble will burst in 2016. So grim time. Winter is coming, kids. Winter is coming. Brace yourself. And um, he says that um, a couple of signs are already existing. For example, Nasdaq was uh, getting into new record heights in a speed that was also not seen during the first tech bubble like 15 years ago. He also says that very um, little of those tech companies already uh, think enough about um, revenue or let's say even like profit. And um, But he also sees a couple of reasons um, why it would be good if the tech bubble would actually explode. And uh, the main reason being, well, it uh, helps the whole, the whole scene of startups come to a fresh start. Do you know this is from a very old, already since decades passed away, economist called Schumpeter? He said, I'll quote him, um, capitalism needs a cold douche from time to time. So meaning... A cold douche, a cold shower. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, a douche is an uh, idiot. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, at this time it used to be the English word for taking a shower. Really? Okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there's a funny story about that. But anyway, True. there's a very short notice for finance geeks like me. The uh, There are two economists that suggest the central bank of Funny and Sunny Barbados should hold bitcoins within their reserve. That is something that has been never heard of before because like the reserves are the central of a central bank are something like that is backing your currency. Usually you would expect something there like gold, like um, debt instruments from the Federal Republic of Germany or the United States and some euros, US dollar, yen, maybe pound or stuff like this. And that was that was the first news I found in this way and just wanted to share it with you. Maybe in 20 years, there will be a special reserve currency all over the world. Yeah. And of course, as every listener heard already, um, you can tell from the sound, I moved. And, and that's the main reason we did not have those regular news and all of this stuff. All my apologies, but during this time I did I did try to use IKEA as an online company and it was just horrible. <coughs> start your rent. Start your rent. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is we just tried my girlfriend and I, we just tried to get our hands on very cheap um rooftop lights. So you fix them in the hallways or where you don't need it uh, where you don't need fancy or expensive especially bright lights like in the hallways in the bathrooms wherever and um it turns out we looked it up online 
it was there. We came to the store. It was, of course, not there. So we went, went to order it online. Guess how long it took or the forecast would be till they deliver it. Crazily, six weeks. Amazon is right now in Frankfurt offering, if you order it this morning, it will be delivered this evening. Then we looked it up. Okay, different store. Look it up. It's there. We go there. Of course, it is not. And then we went on to Amazon.de, the German Amazon. Of course, there's an IKEA store. And of course, they have it. And of course, you can get it within four days. But then it's tripled the price. Hello. And is this being run by IKEA, the Amazon store? Yeah, it's it's oh. original IKEA. It's like a few brands within Germany, I've noticed, are just using oh. Amazon as their well, online store. But I, I would even argue that there are good reasons for that. I mean, it sucks that they don't have uh, the right data about availability in your store because probably if you go there and it's not there, then uh, this is uh, the experience sucks. But I always have the impression, especially with IKEA, that they are not really interested in online trade and um, that they are not really – they are just very interested in their core business, like come to our place, buy the stuff – Take it home, no matter how. We're not interested in how you get it home. And then build it there on your own. And we're also only like mildly interested in how you build your stuff yourself. Because everything else with them is also so expensive. The delivery is expensive. Uh, the, the, the online shop is super expensive. It's the same here in New York. They have, um, they have a store in uh, Brooklyn. And if you want to have it delivered from your Brooklyn store to some anywhere in Manhattan... I think it starts at $99 for just like the, the shipping, shipping. And um, then it was very cheap because all the furniture we've gotten was here in Germany within Frankfurt for like 90 bucks. And the strange stuff is, I assume it's the same in the US. So usually you expect the more you order, the lower the shipping costs. And at one point, you don't pay them at all, right? It's it's the logic yeah. every online store applies. But here, guess what? The more expensive the stuff you're buying, the more expensive the yeah. delivery gets. What yeah. the? At least in stores, they still got the price going for them. I mean, it's still the cheapest bed you can buy anywhere in the market. It's still the cheapest, I don't know what you can buy. I bought really a lot of stuff online this time. Uh, usually I was visiting IKEA, Zegmiller before, but this time uh, I bought a lot of stuff online and I would be happy to uh, interview startups which are, have something to do with the online sales of uh, furniture. So I would be happy to that. If someone is <laughs> hearing us, please yeah. contact us and I will be the guy who will interview it. We have a lot of stuff to discuss with you. And just for the people who are not familiar with this area of Germany, Sigmüller, it's like a big store, like a huge store retailer. They are selling like the more expensive stuff for, let's say, a more mature audience. You can get their very high quality stuff, but it's usually not 10% more expensive than IKEA. It's like two or three times more expensive than IKEA. And uh, we do have also published, uh, since our last news, two very interesting interviews from the Startup Grind, which was uh, for the first time held in Frankfurt. And one interview was done with uh, Christopher Oster, who has founded a Vindu startup in Berlin. Which is uh, also a rocket internet startup. It's like the Airbnb version of Rocket. Exactly. 
And this year, Christopher co-founded a Clark.de. This is a digital insurance platform, uh, which has secured its second round of financing. And uh, you can know more about this startup if you will uh, listen to these two interviews. And the other uh, interview is with Osman Sakar Chalik, actually, who is the organizer of the startup Grid Frankfurt. So these are also two interviews in one podcast uh, are from Euro Finance Tech. And uh, Jorn will probably tell more about these interviews. I do have two very, very good interviews. One of them was with the Naga Group, who are backed by one of the very few successful bank, bank entrepreneurs in Germany, Fahrengold. They're doing a lot of in, on capital markets, and they have some, some former board members from CMC Markets, which are big in London, trading derivatives called contract for difference. They are platform there, CMC markets, and two of the members of the board are also backing this company. And they are based in Hamburg, but now do have big office space here in Frankfurt. And they want to incubate startups in the brokerage capital markets area, but only those with a billion US dollar revenue potential. So they are straight going for the very big guys. And the other one was with the guys from Bitcoin Industries. What they have actually is like many, many patents, which turns out to a very uniquely for blockchain designed chip, which will be able to process like 10 times faster than usual chips, all blockchain transactions and Eventually, they want to just build a lot of server farms with this computing power and rent it out. And they're still seeking investments. And we, we've also been at the Bankathon, which is basically a hackathon spanning, I think, 48 hours close to Frankfurt. And it was very interesting because, Christian, you know FAZ, right? They're not known to be very creative in terms of the headlines, but... They wrote a very nice long article about it and called it One Night with the Nerds. Chris, you brought us finally something to kind of close those news for today, right? Yeah, well, because obviously we're uh, everyone is in Christmas mood and uh, for Christmas you need presents, obviously. And um, I was just thinking that this year uh, one of the nicest books related to entrepreneurship actually I read is uh, my book recommendation for the listeners and for last minute Christmas shoppers. Um, it's called Anything You Want and uh, by an author named Derek Sievers. And um, his story is quite interesting because um, he is the founder of CD baby.com uh, and he sold it for I think around 25 million dollars or something and um, his story is basically that um, he was an indie musician himself and uh, didn't find a way back then uh, to how to sell his records online so it was very old days of the internet and so he decided well okay then I'm going to sell my records on my own I'm going to build a website for that and once he did that, um, his friends reached out to him asking him like, hey, can you uh, set up a website for me as well to uh, to sell my stuff? And then it turned this turned into this huge business. And um, he wrote a little book about 40 lessons he learned as an entrepreneur. And um, it really spoke to me because um, 
he has this alternative view on things and he doesn't go for the uh for the obvious stories like okay you have to look for the best exit possible and um you have to scale because um one of the uh, key sentences that really that I really like to remember from that book is um that he's saying well if you build your own company it's like building your own utopia and you can build your own your own rules and you don't have to stick to the rules of a of a market as long as you're not happy you're going you are not going to make the customers happy or your employees happy and um I thought that was a, just a very powerful thought um and I think he wrote it even in 2011 already but now it was republished with a nicer cover and um so I found it at my local bookstore and it's really worth reading Derek Sievers anything you want and of course guys we have now how for those with a vision um just come in www.startupbrain.io click on our links this time we only have a few But we, uh, for example, one of them from Harvard Business Review explains what is disruptive innovation. We do have a brief history of the electronic car, 1830 till present, and w the MIT Technology Review introduces you to uh, Gavin Anderson, the most powerful person in the world of Bitcoin. So, guys, love you all. <laughs> you know, sharing is caring. Share it, share it, share it. We'd love to hear from you, Joe at startuprate.io. And, of course, Merry, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yes. Yeah, uh, I think this is a great time to enjoy your free time and uh, also uh, read some books, like, for example, one that Christian... Listen uh, to our interviews, of course. Listen, exactly. Listen to all our podcasts, which you didn't listen during the year. And uh, I also wish you a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Frankfurt. Yeah, and uh, call your mothers. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>